Hey, Flower Tribe. Hey, Flower Tribe. Hey, Flower Tribe. Welcome to our One Son, Three Flowers podcast, Stories of Our Mothers, a wellness and self-care podcast designated to uplifting the voices of women of color. Author, self-love activist, educator, mother, and poet, Courtney Brookins will help you bloom into your best self and encourage you to make self-care part of your daily practice. Join the tribe as we embark on a journey of healing, mothering, womanhood, and collectivism through the ancestral practice of storytelling. Whether you're looking for an infinity space, sisterhood, or mommy tribe, you're in the right place. Here's your host, educator, mother, and self-care enthusiast, Courtney Brookins. Hey, Flower Tribe. It's Courtney, and I am pleased to announce that our company, One Sun, Three Flowers, will be offering a six-week self-healing course. In this program, we're going to create our self-healing empowerment plan, and through sisterhood and live training, we'll utilize modalities such as yoga, crystals, journaling, meditation, mindfulness, creating ways for us to empower ourselves through balancing out and healing those seven main energy centers, also known as the chakras. So if this is something that you're interested in, I definitely don't want you to miss out. And you're able to sign up for the class at bit.ly slash bloom into your best self. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash B-L-O-O-M-I-N-T-O. Y-O-U-R-S-E-L-F. I'll see you soon. Hey, hello and welcome to another episode of the One Sun, Three Flowers podcast, Stories of Our Mothers. I'm excited because this week I'm going to be having Skywalker Payne join us. But before I bring her officially onto the show, I just want to give you all an idea of who she is, her work, and all of that jazz. So... Skywalker Payne is a revolutionary woman. She, and I quote, if I was a revolutionary, I would act and my acting would change the world. The world. She supports people through their pain, through their drama, um, and has come through many, many different civil um, injustices and use that as a way for her to move her work forward. Um, she has been involved in a, a spiritual conquest um, and she eventually landed with Buddhism being her home. Uh, through conscious and consistent daily spiritual practice, she's rec- recognized and learned how to control her anger, her attachments, uh, worry, and so many other things. And she also discovered Reiki and traditional toxic healing. Now she is a resident of Homer, Alaska, where she resides with her husband and she works on um, creating things. So without further ado, let's go ahead and bring Skywalker onto the show. Hello. Hi, how are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. How are you doing today? I'm I'm good. We're having some nice summer weather. Oh yeah. What is yeah. nice summer weather in Alaska? I know that's, that's something I have. <laughs> Sunshine and sixties, high sixties. Okay. All yeah. right. So yeah. Always we always have a cool breeze though. 
perspective because we're right on the bay, but it's beautiful and it's nice. Mm. Oh, good. That sounds wonderful. Yeah, that sounds wonderful. So I'm excited. I, you know, I just read your biography and I'm really excited, you know, for uh, the fact that you kind of have like this revolutionary consciousness and spirituality intertwined into your work. And I'm, you know, considering all of the things that are happening and have been happening throughout the country, I think just it's just a great time for us to have you on the show and for us to be able to have this conversation. Right. It's It's been interesting for me because I wrote that, that's actually a poem I um, delivered in South Carolina. And it was a demonstration at the Capitol of South Carolina. And at that time, I was the editor of the Black newspaper in Greenville, South Carolina. And the demonstration was against the murder and stopping of Black men in that state. And I think it was more by the highway patrol than the police. And it was really interesting because I was young. And when I stood up there and looked up there, they had troops with shotguns, I mean, police with shotguns standing on the buildings around us. She got hurt, and it was a good demonstration. And part of what's moving me is that we've been through this historically many times. And one thing, though, that's different, people have pointed out, is that this time more white people are understanding and taking part. And also black people are coming together again and recognizing the need for uh, economic unity, mm-hmm. community and social, but it's the economics that puts us in certain places of being not able to be want. So it, it's an exciting time and it's an important time. And I'm glad to be being able to contribute in some ways. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's quite a journey. And I, I just had a new finding, which is that um, you write poetry. So has that also been intertwined into your spiritual conquest? Well, actually poetry, I started off with, as a poet and, um, but poetry does require for me a certain type of state of mind in which I'm really calm, really don't have any other things going on. And I can just, and there's a certain stability and routine in my life. And so I had that mm-hmm. in different periods in my life at all times, but different times. Cause while I was working as a nurse, I started writing haikus and I've written over 300 haikus that my husband has used with his artwork. And, um, but I haven't been able to write much poetry since I quit working full time because I've been mm-hmm. pursuing my entrepreneurial uh, quest. I did do mm-hmm. some writing for a while. I was writing poems about the eagles because we have the eagles here. But uh, mm-hmm. 
that you see, yeah, so poetry is in and out and in and out, but I'm always writing something. If it's not poetry, I'm working on blogs or posts or articles. Yeah, it, it's definitely um, super healing. Um, yeah, I love that. So, you know, why don't we jump into talking about, you know, just who you are and your journey um, into spiritual uh, spirituality and entrepreneurship? Okay, well, the, <clears throat> they don't actually go quite together because the spirituality has been going on all my life. Um, mm. I was uh, born, well, actually, I was baptized Catholic before my mother was because she wanted me to go to integrated schools. And at that time, all the schools were segregated except Catholic schools. And... Um, I was a very serious little girl, and I always tried to be good, and I was, and I wanted to be a saint. And um, actually lived in a convent for a couple. Is what my best girlfriend in seventh grade was going to go to the convent to be a nun, and she, but she died, and so then the next year I got the idea that I wanted to be a nun. And so I did spend two years in the convent, but I really was not cut out to be a Catholic nun. Mm -hmm. And, but as I continued on in high school, I began to get upset with the Catholic church when I learned about the Catholic church's role in colonialism, its direct role in colonialism and slavery. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of turned me off to it. And then When I got in college, I didn't get any support from the Catholic priest, and I started reading philosophy, and I got tired of going to confession, so eventually I left the Catholic Church. And as I was looking for spiritual soulless, after reading a whole lot of European philosophies and philosophers, I ended up being given the Quran by a man who had a magazine in D.C. It was a black theater magazine and some articles for it. I read all the way through. I didn't read all the footnotes. I just read the main part of it. And I found it beautiful because it talked about believing in God and talked about the beautiful things that had been created. And so I ended up um, taking Shahad and becoming a Muslim. And this was an Orthodox Muslim. Before that, I had actually attempted and spent a little bit of time checking out the black Muslims. But at that time, they had, it was an intense hatred against white people that was too intense for for me to hold and say this is a spiritual process. Uh But when I became an Orthodox Muslim, there wasn't that hate. There was prayer, there was community, and that was good, and I liked that. But the community was already pretty set in terms of couples, and I was a single woman, and it was not very comfortable. And that, at that, after a while, they went to St. Croix, and I stayed in the United States, and I continued to have different adventure, adventures. But eventually, I became, I was initiated by Swami Muktananda of um, a yoga tradition. 
and practiced Kriya Yoga. But, and it was through Kriya Yoga, I got introduced to Buddhism. And in Denver, Colorado, I met my teacher, Shefandawa Rinpoche, and took refuge. And I've been practicing Buddhism longer than I've been married. I've been married over 25 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, but I also um, have been learning. I see what's interesting is recently I just came into the realization of energy healing. Even though I've been talking about it for years, talking about energy, I had never really gotten into it until one one of my sisters sent me a Reiki magazine and she sent me a one page handwritten letter telling me this is what I should be doing. And when I read about Reiki, I said, oh, this is what I've been talking about. This is what I've written about, which is energy. And as I learned about Reiki, the founder of Reiki was a Japanese Buddhist man. And he got inspired to how to do Reiki during a meditation. He was doing a meditation retreat. And so I said, well, this is perfect. It goes right in hand with what I've been doing, which has been Buddhist practice. Mm-hmm. Because it, it's all, the spirituality is energy. You know, it's, it's, and science has proven that energy exists. We can't see it, but everything that exists is energy. That's alive, is energy. And even some of the things that we don't think are alive are energy in terms of they've got atoms and molecules in them. And so... Different religions have different interpretations about this energy and spirituality. And there's so many books and all these different studies. And that's what I like to do. I like to read and study. But I know from my own participation, active participation in several religions, this one helped me to recognize when I was getting angry or my selfish thoughts, and it's helped me become a better person. So mm-hmm. it means what anything that helps a person become a better person is good. And what I'm attempting to do in my work is to incorporate some of the practices that I've learned in a secular framework. So people can incorporate these practices in their lives and they don't have to be religious they don't have to believe anything because when i took refuge when i became a buddhist my teacher said i wasn't entering a religion i was entering a way of life mm. and that's the most important thing is that it's not something i just do on sunday and it's not something where i just when i'm on the mat and just meditating or doing my mantras and prayers and then i get up and i'm just mean to everybody it doesn't work that way I've had to become a better person and to recognize uh, certain things about myself. And I, you know, and I always say I'm not really um, the best Buddhist in the world, I suppose, but I know I've gotten to be a better person. Yeah. And 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 is that why you landed? Yeah. Is that why you landed on that and kind of left these other more religious sectors? Well, it was a, it was like a journey. And like I didn't, I went from one as I left. I I just left them because they weren't. 
I couldn't believe or accept the practices that they didn't fit with me. Like with Catholicism, uh, it was a political and also religious reason because I couldn't, and that was before the Catholic Church started bursting out with all the sex crimes of priests. This was just, I went all the way back to them putting black people in slavery and that was enough to turn me off. Uh (laughs) And then uh, with the Hindu, with Islam, Islam is a religion that really needs community. It's very difficult for me anyways. It was difficult for me to be a Muslim outside of a community. And I didn't have a community. I didn't fit in the community. Even though I became a Sufi, which is the more spiritual part of Islam, it still was very community focused. The thing about Buddhism, which I like is, it does have community in the Sangha, which is called, is the community, is important, but you can also practice alone. It's, it's set up so that you can actually make spiritual progress being alone. Because a lot of the people who made spiritual progress spent years and years in retreats. So that's part of the reason why I ended up being a Buddhist, because I moved around a lot when I was younger. And I've always been kind of a more solitary person. So Buddhism was a practice and is a practice that allows you to be able to progress spiritually and with other people without even being, even if you can't be in a physical community. Gotcha. And so Buddhism not only transformed your life and also led you into Reiki healing, but also Totic healing, correct? Well, not the Buddhism that lead me to the Totic healing. Um, being an entrepreneur got me to Totic healing. Because <laughs> okay. last, last year, exactly a year ago, I was doing the first all woman of color conference online. And um, I had 30 women of color, and at least 25 of them I had not known in January of, that, of last year. And we did this great conference, which I have rebooted and have made evergreen. And it's called Balance Your Life Now. But Jen the Rainmaker was introduced to me by one of the women, I think by Michelle Marino, who does video, because I was trying to get more Latinas entrepreneurs. And I interviewed, because I... I have a podcast that's more off than on, but I was doing my podcast last year. And so I interviewed Jen and she was talking about dream planting, which was something I had never heard of before and totally comes from the Toltec, from the ancient Mexican uh, culture. And she's um, been taught and been, and is part of a lineage that's been practicing and teaching people And in Buddhism, there's lineages of teachers that um, pass on different practices. And anyhow, I decided, um, and so she was in the conference and then she was preparing a class and I signed up for her course, dream planting, and then went into the second part, which is the Toltec healing. And what's been interesting to me is their similarities in in all of the different religions, aside from just the basic 
really wanting to be better people and for people to be more compassionate or loving or kind. But even in terms of getting into knowing who you are and clearing yourself of obstacles. And with the Toltec healing, I've been able to go into practices that were deeper than practices I wasn't able to get into in Buddhism, because I know they have these practices, but I wasn't able to get into them. But practices that allow you to get into your as your dark underworld, mm-hmm. the things that you don't consciously know or deal with, but, but can still be influencing you deeply. Mm. And um, I went through, and so we did a healing. I did a healing actually with one of my, with one of the students and we went back seven generations and I had had the healing a couple of times before that, but this time we did it and it was right around the beginning of the protest, but it was interesting because for the first time in my life, I actually saw and felt what my ancestors, particularly the women, would have been going through mm. as black women. And John, I started was trying to figure out ages why what age wise what seven generations would go back to. It would go back to about eight the beginning of the eighteen hundreds, roughly give or take. So that goes all the way back into slavery and um, segregation and all that. And because mm-hmm. I'm light-skinned, there's somewhere along the line as there was some real intermixing that wasn't probably consensual. Mm-hmm. Because my grandmother on my father's side is really, really fair. And, she, and, uh, and then, and she was fun, because she told me about my father's father, uh, because he died, and he had a white mo- white mother, but she never told me where the white blood came in in her family because <laughs> she was fair too. So there was all of that, but, but going back to seven generations through that healing process was it, it like I got to feeling, I got I experienced the emotions, I experienced the anger, I experienced the I experienced the fear. I experienced all of it. And then I let it go. And when you let it go, it's gone. And that's where so many Black people need to get. Because we're carrying around all that weight because we haven't really broke ourselves down to knowing that's the weight that we're carrying and we have to let it go to let to free our ancestors. Because in the process of letting go of the weight in the healing, you're healing the purpose of going back is to heal the ancestors. And, and that takes place through Toltec healing. Uh-huh. And this is a process that's done. And they also, we have some kind of, process a little bit like that different processes in Buddhism. It's in African practices too. And it's 
important. It's not, and you see, and I don't know so much in Catholicism and Western Christianity, they don't so much of recognizing and acknowledging the ancestors. And the thing is they would come in to um, Africa and Asia where people respect and acknowledge the ancestors and their energy. And the Christians came in saying that they were heathen and it was backwards, but actually it was progressive because they knew that energy of the ancestors is not destroyed because energy cannot be destroyed. It can be transformed. And so they knew these things without it being in scientific terms, but they talked in the language they knew, the ancestors, the spirits of the ancestors, what they gave us, this energy. And they didn't have all these things that Western people like to create to separate the, the people from their ancestors. Mm -hmm. You know, the more things we get, it creates noise, whatever it is, you know, from starting whatever, you know, from the very beginning when they started building, deciding to throw rocks at each other or use the rocks to carve on the walls or to make things. But the, it, it's, to me, it, it's what I like about Buddhism is what I've seen, what Buddhism has from all the religions and traditions I've studied, Buddhism has the biggest, the widest, the vastest view of all that is. It, it, it's, it's, Islam has a pretty good big view. Christianity's is very limited. <laughs> but mm -hmm. the view in terms of what is possible for the human being, what is possible for the universe in terms of size, in terms of what can be done. It's just, we are, human beings are so much more vast than we know. And we've gotten caught up and are going through this period now in which we think making things represents our smartness. But really, some people are starting to recognize that using your mind and controlling your mind is the most important and most powerful thing to do. Mm -hmm. Because when you can control your mind, you control your mind, you control your reactions. And you control your reactions, you're controlling your life. We can't control every external situation, but we can control our reactions. And that's what true freedom is. And that's uh, what people are beginning to realize. Because this weekend I participated in the first People of Color International mindfulness retreat <laughs> online mm -hmm. and it was uh, really a nice event and it was international there were black people black and asian people from all over the world there was a black man in holland there most of the people were from england because the people who put it together were english but there was a young woman in Vietnam who did singing. They had people doing speeches. And I didn't see that much of it because of the time difference and I was working. But 
these are people of color and mostly black people who are studying or who teach or who practice mindfulness. And through the practice of mindfulness, meditation, you calm your mind, you learn to be able to control your thoughts, you control your thoughts, you control your emotions, you control your emotions, you control your reactions, you can start to have compassion for yourself, compassion for other people, and your life is much happier. Mm-hmm. And, and it's really, and this is a time, and it's really good, and it's really important especially when people want to have any kind of a successful political or social movement to have some guidance in being grounded and controlling the emotions and reactions in order to be successful. And so it's great that more and more black people are getting into mindfulness, whether it's through secular practice or a religious practice. It works and it does, you quiet, just sitting down, following your breath, it works. And what's interesting about the practice of meditation or the practice of sitting in silence is you don't have to do it for hours and hours. And you don't even have to do it consistently because once you've done it, after a while, it, 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 it literally changes your mind your brain and there there have been studies done in which doctors have done uh, MRIs or of people who after they've meditated and even they've done done it after people have only meditated for 10 minutes and they've seen mm-hmm. changes in the brain and once you get those changes in your brain they they eventually become permanent and that's yeah. you know and you get to the point where combined with my age and having seen a lot of things this this time has been not that upsetting for me one because it's just me and my husband our parents are past our fam rest of my extended family so far they've been safe but it's you get to a point of knowing that this is just part of life and life has changed and it's a constant thing and that because I've been engaged in spiritual practice and I do it every day, I know that I feel protected. I feel protected spiritually. I feel protected because I call energy to protect me. And I try and surround myself online with positive people and positive ideas and the positive news feed. I don't get a lot of negative stuff coming through my newsfeed or things. I just don't like to look at, I don't even, some messages people send me, I won't even look at <laughs> because mm-hmm. I know that that's, that's perpetuating something and we create our reality. And that's the, that is that people don't believe it or understand it, but the reality, we actually create our reality. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's when you get to the point and more people get to the point recognize that we can, re- can create negative reality, we create positive reality. We can just keep moving forward and because it's your intention. If you have the intention of like, we're going to move forward for the good of people. We don't know exactly what's happening with what's going on now with this coronavirus. But if they say putting masks on will help save 
lives. It's not going to hurt me to do that. I want to help save lives. Mm-hmm. Just little things like that are the things where you that if you're coming from a point of trying to be a better person, that's Absolutely. where to me it's spirit. True spirituality comes from not you know not going to church, not talking about God, not talking about what other people do, but caring about other people, and so and then some people. Um, might need guidance in learning how to care about people or how to be grateful. Because gratitude is the other thing. Is to me, I've I've talked about this, and I say gratitude is a superpower. Because mm-hmm. when you're grateful, no matter what happens, and this has been my experience. I've been grateful once I've started. And it was years and years ago, I started actually being very conscious of being grateful. And even though I've been in some straits, not always had things right, money wasn't always flowing the way I wanted, I've always been able to have what I need and a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And it, and since I started talking about gratitude and reading it, I've, there's been studies made confirming what I had said, that gratitude can help you be happier, it helps increase depression and it can help you be generous and it you attract to you what you need because you're grateful for what you have but a lot of people and particularly a lot of Americans are not grateful it's always more 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 and we you know but if you're grateful you've got enough and that's wanting more 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 is what leads to more and more problems Whereas simplicity, you know, protects you versus. Absolutely. So I love that. And I love the fact that you talk about the different tools that we can use to kind of transform ourselves and our reality. Really just getting into that knowing of knowing what is possible. And what do you think from like a culturally responsive a spiritual perspective, it's possible for people of color um, right now? Oh, whatever we want. The thing, the first thing is we've got, particularly in the United States and the world, we've got to start and continue to broadcast broadly. We are not a minority. People of color are the world majority. And That is what is going on now around the world, people of color recognizing it's time for the BS to stop. People are educated enough to know and it's interesting to see um, the dynamics, but I, having looked at history and seen the way the history of the United States is, people have to be vigilant and consistent and in going for and achieving our aims. And if the aims of the black community is to improve the black community, it needs to be a consistent plan, planning, moving forward effort on community and grassroots levels. Where I live right now, I live in one of the widest little towns in the United States. But I've been in the community for seven years and I've 
been thinking and wanting to do something locally for a long time and hadn't been able to think of any, do anything I really wanted to do until this came. And oh, I did do a storytelling. I did a storytelling. Actually, we had a storytelling group for about three years. So I'm known in town as a storyteller and, um, and or community organizer. I've helped to organize some events. But I've started what I call races, race, a concept explored in story circle. And I'm preparing to have my first one with um, a church group here. And what I want to do, because I know there's people who talk about racism, a lot of people doing that, and more people can talk among themselves about white privilege. I don't want to talk to people about that. I want us to look at our stories about race. How did we get the stories? What are our stories? And then also to ask people we really know about people of a different race in terms of getting people to look at how much have they interacted with people who are different on a personal level and to reveal the different stories and ideas we tell ourselves about different people who we either haven't had the opportunity to interact with, or we have chosen not to interact with, or we just have gotten biased ideas. Because once people start sharing stories and listen to each other, you get understanding. And only until we get that kind of a level of understanding will racial conditions change for the long term because you'll have individuals who know and understand that beneath the color of our skin, we are all the same in terms of being physical human beings. And you just people and understand them. So that, because mm. otherwise there will be social changes, there'll be political, they can go back, which has been the history of this country. Mm -hmm. But when you change people, they don't go back because they've been changed in their hearts and their minds. And that's possible. And this, and this I feel like, is, is a good possible time of starting to do that. Because it's mm. been happening a little, a bit, because younger people, because I look at things, there are people in their, you know, under 40 and stuff who are really active and who've been in integrated situations. But there's still a lot of people, there's still a lot of segregation in this country. It's not formal, but it exists. And then there's a lot of ignorance. And then there's still the pitting of the ignorant poor white person against the black people for the benefit of the wealthy. And that's the big problem. And that is the problem that has existed in this country since it was started by a group mm -hmm. of wealthy, landed, white men. Right. And every group in this country who's ever gotten the right to vote have had to fight for it. And now they are trying to take it away. But I... And many of, and I believe, and there's many of us who believe and work towards creating a positive future. While there are some who think 
I don't know what they think. I don't know. There's some, I guess, who think that they can maintain their power and wealth against everyone. But everything has a season. <laughs> mm -hmm. And we are, you know, we're in a season of change. And it's been predicted that this time is a time of change. And in the Toltec calendar, calendar next year is the, is the beginning of a new era. So <clears throat> this is not an unexpected time for people who, who from certain traditions that we are living in a time of change and things are gonna happen that aren't going to be pleasant, but it's just a change. And what is expected to happen um, as we move into the next year? What are what's some forecasting that we can look forward to or um, be prepared for um, globally? Actually, I don't know. <laughs> and actually, the person who could, Jen, the rainmaker, has been talking a little bit about what's happening in 2021, but not that much. Because one thing is we talk about what may or may not happen it can kind of stir up stuff that you don't might not want to, but I really don't know. And it's not really something specific because it's like, I sense things. And I have been saying from the beginning that the very, actually I was saying by the end of the, of last year, I was saying something's going to happen before the election. Because astrologically, there's also a lot of things that happened in January certain of the distant planets lined up that hadn't lined up since Luther uh, started the Protestant revolution in over four years. So it's a big astrological change. It's a big traditional changes. And then it's just karmic changes. But there's no specific events or anything like that that I've heard of or read of. It's just that there's just cha there are changes and they're big changes. I mean, society has changed in ways that I don't think it can go back. It's like there's some people who seem to think they can take things back to some other time, but who are still trying to enslave people. And even though some of these things still do happen, they're coming to the public and there's people who fight to end these types of things. So I just, I, I don't know if next year will be a better year or a worse year or what. I do know, all I know is from Jen, the Rainmaker, that it is a significant year. And, uh, and it's actually supposed to be kind of bringing in good change. Because, <laughs> you know, this was, the, this is what is called the age of Aquarius. So things mm -hmm. are, and they will. If the more energy that is exerted for good intention and good actions and good words, the more it will come. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you keep mentioning as we go back, as far as Toltec healing, what can we do um, as um, a, a people of color to create um, some... Gen uh, generational healing or intercessory work for um, ourselves, our shadow work, and our ancestors that have come before of us. 
us. I know that you said you've gone back seven generations, but for people who are looking to get into that work, what are some things that they can expect in that type of healing um, modality? Well, well, if they want to, there's two things. One, if they want to have a healing uh, right now, they could, I'm available to give people healings for free because I'm still a student and um, I'm available to do that. And when you go through the healing, it goes, it's a process of, of going through clearing yourself, your parents, your ancestors, and then planting new dreams. And, and what does that mean? I'm sorry. Is there a way that you could explain what clearing means and dream planting? Well, actually, I can't do all of that now. <laughs> what I can do is tell people, and I will get, send you the link. Jan the Rainmaker is the teacher of dream planting and Toltec healing. She has a, she has a Facebook page. She also has, um, uh, she does a thing on Telegram, which is an app in which she, she'll post little information on it. But that's what, she is the one who can teach and explain dream planning because it, that gets into really deeper than we have time and I can, ex but the thing is, is that she ex explained that the ancient Toltecs taught that you can shape your life, through your day life, through your night life, through your dreams. And what she teaches and what we're learning are processes to help do that, to improve your ability to direct your dreams. I mean, you may have heard of the process of lucid dreaming. Mm -hmm. Lucid dreaming is practiced by Buddhists and it's practiced by sec other secular people and it's practiced in Toltec healing. The ability to be able to direct your dream and be aware of it. And... Um, and I have not been able to do that yet. <laughs> Actually, I haven't been having dreams, conscious dreams, but I've been going through the process of learning how to do these things. But it's, it's again, kind of, again, an energetic and a spiritual process. And it was, I would suggest that you, I will give you the link and that if you can get Jen, the Rainmaker on your show, she will be able to share a lot more with you and, talk about her classes because she has a school called Dream U University mm -hmm. and uh, it would be really good the best way to explain it but it, it's a it's a process and like and she explains that in the tradition people would spend like years like decades in study and for a long 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 time these teachings were kept secret but she was given the uh, ability and authority to start to share them with other people. And, okay. Uh, but basically, some of the things that you that are good for helping to clear yourself, always breath, breathing, breathing deeply. You can breathe in in through your nose, out your mouth. You can do a count of breathing in four times out four times and there's a breath. I, someone taught me of breathing in four times to a count of four, hold your breath to a count of four, breathe out to the count of four and then hold again. Or yeah, just breathe deeply. 
Mm -hmm. Breathing deeply, sitting, following your breath to relax. And then any kind of way you know how to ground yourself, to get yourself connected to the earth. And um, then the others, there's, uh, there's burning. You can do on the full moon or the new moon, you can do burning ceremonies in which you write down things you want to get rid of and you can burn them or you write down things you want to have into your life and you can burn them. All these kind of different, those, anything that pulls you away from the normal routine, away from your computer, your phone and your TV and just sit in silence. And the mm -hmm. more you sit in silence, and you can do this. If you're Christian, you can do this. You can call on Jesus. You can call on God. You can call on uh, whoever you call on, whatever your tradition. And even Jen has said this in, in the teaching, whatever your tradition, your spiritual source. And, and work and strive to connect to that. And whatever you want. Say, I want to get an understanding of what's holding me back. And I'm going to say, and I can say that I have not consciously, I am not one of those people, I'm not going to say, I do not know my past lives. I have not had tons of visions. I've had a little bit of vision, but I don't have visions. And I don't hear voices, except sometimes when I'm writing, I've actually had things come to me and I've written them. It's like hearing something in my head and I write it. Mm -hmm. But by and you know, I haven't had any of these dramatic things that some people claim. But what I do have and I do know is that I, I feel like I've been blessed all my life. And I feel like the spiritual practices that I've learned have kept me balanced and have made, helped to make me a better person because I've always, you know, I've always, I used to feel like I've, I'm all never hardly express it but I don't get angry so much. I look at thing, life differently. I look at things and say, okay, I, I, what I do get angry with is uh, violence, injustice, and ignorance and stupidity, those types of things. But learning to live in balance, learning to have your own inner freedom. These are things that are developed in quiet, mm -hmm. in taking time with yourself, or in some, or in community if you can find a good community. But even in Buddhist communities, there's not there can be conflict and all kinds of things. I was fortunate in the communities I was in, but I have seen and known. You get into a community of any group of people, there's going to be some conflicts. But that should right. not stop you as an individual from reaching and striving for your own spiritual realization. And, mm -hmm. and so that's why, you know, I encourage people, if you're not happy with what you've been receiving or learning or you grew up with, go out there and check out different communities. Some communities will welcome you and some won't. And But... And what I learned is, and what I do is I leave, I wouldn't hang around places where I didn't feel comfortable, mm -hmm. where I didn't feel welcome. And, and even though they were supposedly spiritual communities, 
<laughs> it mm-hmm. wasn't, you know. And so that's what people, if you want something like that, or if you just want to stay at home and just feel a little peace, whatever it is that will make you feel good and tune in. And the most important thing is you're feeling compassion and forgiveness and love for yourself first. And when you get that inside of you, then you'll be able to give it to others. And then you want to give it to others and there, or else you strive to start learning the practices to give love and compassion and forgiveness to others. And ultimately, to me, the goal of spiritual practice is to recognize that we're all one and that we all are divinely gifted. Mm-hmm. Whether you call that divinity God or Buddha or Muhammad or Brahma, all of them said this is within everyone. We just have to do the work. <laughs> and it is work. Not hard, mm-hmm. hard work, but it just requires consistency and persistence and self-honesty. Not trying to meet other people's rules and judgments, but just trying to do what you feel. Yeah. Your part in the universal energy is. That's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and thank you for joining me on my podcast today. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. And so before we go, um, I would just like to ask, what are some ways that people can connect with you if they're looking for this Tokta killing or just wanting to connect with you as a woman? And then also, um, what are a few words of wisdom you can leave our guests with? Okay. Well, um, you can find me on my website, vibrantvelvetvoice.net. The... Um, Email is, and I'm on email. I mean, I'm on Facebook as Skywalker Payne and also on LinkedIn. And um, the email address is Skywalker at Vibrant Velvet Voice.net. And you can learn more about Tulsa Killing at Dream U University. That's Dream, D R E A M Y O U University and from Jen Alvarez, and I'll give you those links. And the best thing you could do is just practice gratitude every day, all day, from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed. Just, especially at those times, it's really good to begin the day being grateful, end the day being grateful, and it's amazing how much happier you can be when you start to find things to be grateful for. Awesome. Thank you. And all that information will be listed in our show notes, whether you're wanting to learn more about dream planting, told to killing, or just connect with Skywalker more deeply. Thank you all for tuning into another episode of the One Sun, Three Flowers podcast. You know, new episodes premiere weekly on Wednesdays. So continue to tune in, share these episodes with a friend. And most importantly, until next time, make sure you bloom into your best self. Bye for now.
Whether you're a girl boss, everyday woman, tired mama, or just in need of some you time, our mindfulness success sessions are engineered to get you to deepen your practice of self-care. We individually customize your session to empower your individual needs. Empowerment is only a click away at onesun3flowers.com. That's O-N-E-S-U-N, the number three, F-L-O-W-E-R-S.com. Thanks for listening to the One Sun Three Flowers podcast. Check out show notes for this episode and all past episodes at www.onesun3flowers.com. If you love the show, share it with a friend. We want to connect with your tribe. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. And remember to bloom into your best self.